Welcome to Behind the Numbers. We got off-season episode three, episode 23 of the show, and I thought it'd be good to bring our man Ty back on the show just to talk a little about off-season football. Uh, just a lot of news and notes to talk about. We got Optic to talk about, but uh, football is actually getting a little more attention than I thought for being this far out of the Super Bowl, but how are you doing, Ty? I'm doing well. Thanks for uh, lowering yourself and having me back on the show. Oh, Maybe yeah. Lowering yourself. that you could have. Had to show some respects. We got some. We got some apparel now. So we got the behind the numbers apparel. Oh yes, I haven't around. seen it yet. That, yeah, that's awesome. How's that yeah. working? That's awesome. Appreciate it. Bench Clear uh, Media coming through clutch with some nice apparel for the show. So we're looking good, yeah. looking sharp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how are how are things out in uh, Kansas City, Missouri? Uh, good. Good. Very good. It's uh, mid seventies here, springtime. It's like you can taste spring summer but you know yeah. like we're, we're gonna get nailed in the next couple weeks with like a 35 degree cold spell yeah i know that's kind of how it does it here too it's super sunny right now it's, it's a little bit cold we had a pretty warm week last week for us which is like 50s 45s it's dropped down to about 35 32 right around that freezing line um yeah. but just trying to weather through the covid stuff a little bit had a little bit of outbreak in my school so i've been at home teaching for the last couple weeks i got a couple more weeks to go we had we classified as an outbreak, unfortunately, because our small numbers, we have, I think, 10 or 11 cases. So it's got a little out of hand, but it's okay. No, when does we'll the weather, like, start to turn for you? Do you start to it, see nice weather now? Um, it, well, it is nice weather now, but we will. We do typically have one more little snow stint that's going to hit probably April-ish, May. And then once we get out of May, we typically now we're in really good weather, really long days, you know, up till 1030 at night. It's sunny, so... Uh, that's kind of where we get. We still have one more. It kind of fakes you out here. We come into spring break, end of March, and then you think you're you're home free, and you got one more little, <laughs> oh shoot, one more snowstorm. So, yeah, uh, I've learned that through the years being up here. But anyhow, got it. All right. So I thought we'd jump into the product update. Um, obviously, the big three we keep watching closely. Uh, I'll just kind of go through them again, and then we can just comment on each. So we got Mosaic. Uh, the cellos are 39, so it's down about 15 percent since the last time we updated. Hanger box 60, it's about the same. Blasters for Mosaic 95, those are up 30% from the last time we chatted. Uh, Mega box 160 to 182, up about 10%. Uh, no recent huddle box uh, hobby sales, and then hobby box for Mosaic around 850. So um, you can see the solo packs went down a little bit. Uh, you know, the hanger boxes are kind of staying right about that same line. The blaster boxes are going up as they get kind of harder to find, I think. Um, but overall, Mosaic's staying pretty consistent in that same price range. We're not seeing any bigger. Uh, big gains or big losses, but uh, I don't know. I think Mosaic's holding pretty strong. Uh, Prism, their cells are uh, 40, so right about the same as uh, Mosaic cellos. Hangers for Prism are 75 to 80, so they're quite a bit more. 100 for Blaster Box for Prism, 230 for Mega Boxes uh, Prism. Those are both Blasters and Megas are up about 10 and 15 percent. And then no recent sales for their Huddle Hobby either. And 1350, they're about the same for their Hobby Boxes. Any thoughts on those two before we hit Optic? Uh, no, I mean, I, I think two, two thoughts. One, uh, I think we're seeing the same thing in baseball right now. For some reason, Blastered are just carrying a really good premium. It's something about like being in a box, I think, that holds yeah. a little bit more of an advantage over having like an empty pack. Right. You know, I do damage think control, not searching, all that stuff, I think is important. Right. 
Definitely. And I think the, the cello packs are really vulnerable for that. Vulnerable for, you know, worse corners. Grading's not as good with those that I've noticed with the value packs and stuff like that, obviously. Um, the hangers do get a little bit of love for that too, as they're also in a box, like you said. Yep. So I think that's why hangers are actually closer than blasters and they would be to sell those because I think of that reason. Uh, and hangers have been pretty hot, just like looking at different breaks and whatnot in terms of prism and optic, a lot of color, a lot of parallels that people are chasing. So yeah well it presents an opportunity for those that are trying to get in a little cheaper cellos might be might be a way to go. i mean if you cello cases are the way to go i still yeah. think i think cello cases are boxes sealed boxes of cello packs are right. the way to go but man oh man uh the other the other thing i was going to say is prism's going to be 50 percent higher in six months oh yeah we'll get to that i think that it might okay. be higher than that. we'll get to that that's, yeah that's sealed wax right now if you want to if you want to hold your money for six months and guarantee yourself some some appreciations some yeah that's where you go 100 percent um optic uh, is 21 right now for cell packs 55 to 60 for the hangers out of for optic right now 70 for their blasters 150 to 160 for their mega boxes so you kind of see that uh optic is slightly under everything else right now because it has the like it has the supply so the supply being there is keeping it under mosaic currently but we'll see if it does end up passing it i do think it's kind of hot so we're kind of it hasn't really settled yet i don't think we really know where optics going to fall yet um but it is you know it is a good product it is it, i mean it is, it's a staple it's a, it's a rookie card staple that everybody's chasing that a lot of people are involved in right now and then their hobby box are hard to compare because i think they're only one auto but they're 900 to 100 for their hobby box so um, overall, like optic is strong as we figured. I think this is the big three, and I, like I said, I'm gonna be watching that mosaic optic line pretty closely and seeing where they fall over the next couple months. What are you What are you seeing with the hollows and how they're being distributed? Because what I've heard is that they're they're falling quite frequently. They're coming yeah. out. There's yeah. a lot of them. Yeah, There's a lot of them. Yeah, there is. A, it does seem that there is more. Um, to be honest, like I, I've seen like two or three two of ones pulled from like the same person out of retail boxes like uh just relatively it does seem like there is more of them for sure and then they have widened the gap on the different parallels there's quite a bit of parallels the list here is it looks like it's about 30 deep of parallels so for the rated wow. rookies so they they definitely know what they're they're chasing and i i hope that the hollows don't lose value because i know that was a strength that you you'd point out before when it came to the mahomes rookie his hollow was undervalued for a long time due to it's not having very many but i think that might be a different story this year for sure so yeah it well it, it'll be interesting because hollows and and the rate of rookies are historically really hard to grade so it'll yeah. be we'll start i think the value we'll start to see what happens with value once some of these come back from psa and we're like holy crap you can't get psa tens from these things i know i know yeah well i mean let's talk about a couple of the single prices here i'm gonna share my screen i got a couple of favorites i'm gonna show while i'm going through these um so we got this right here is the jefferson blue scope but we'll get to that um so joe burrow's green velocity so these are all raw prices for singles out of optic but burrow's green velocity is 125 that's out of those value packs um so those are also probably a tougher grade as you kind of mentioned uh jalen hurts base optic 34 bucks i think that's pretty high for a base optic for hertz we'll get to him later in the show uh justin Herp herbert optic hollow 394 raw so like you said if there's a lot of them that's a pretty good price if there's a big uh, pop going to be coming on those uh jordan love optic hollow 48 joe burrow optic downtown so big uh case hit uh 11.25 was a sale for that so that's a pretty big pretty big number for a pretty awesome card uh two is optic hollow 80 justin jefferson blue scope we have right here uh 
that's a $30 card, which I would love this card for 30 bucks. I think it's a cool card. Uh, Justin Herbert, Blue Scope, 200. J.K. Dobbins, Optic Hollow. This is kind of a surprising one for me. And read my article and you might get more on this, but 11 bucks for J.K. Dobbins, Optic Hollow. <laughs> and uh, the last one I'm going to show here is a, is a CD Lamb, Purple Shock. Uh, these cards are pretty awesome too. I believe these are in the in the blasters. The blasters come in the purple shocks, I believe, and the scopes come in the hangers. Uh, I'm 95% sure on that. So yeah. I think those are pretty cool looking cards as well, especially with the you know the blue of the CD Lamb and the blue of uh, or the purple of Jefferson. Yeah. Those are kind of cool color blends for sure. So uh, I love them. I mean, both those cards are off center already, right? I mean, that yep. 60 40 at best. So you're not going to get a 10. You're yep. lucky. PSA, it's all PSA nine, which again. You're gonna see a lot of that, but those are sweet. Those yeah, are those. no, I'm, I think it's fun. Like the thing about, I would say the thing about optic that's getting me as a collector is just the color parallels pop. They're definitely very appealing. Like the blue scopes look cool. Uh, the uh, the hollows still look awesome. You know, every that refractor look and just that chrome finish of optic, it does get you. You know, especially when you're looking at Donruss for so long. Uh, getting to the chrome finish is pretty fun and for sure. So, but uh, any any thoughts? So, you think on prices are those all pretty inflated? Think those are going to settle down, or how do you feel about kind of? Yeah, the- I think optic will settle down a little bit. Um, I I'm just a fan of buying graded optic. That's just my yeah my style. But I, I would prefer to buy maybe raw prism. <laughs> yeah, graded myself. But uh, I think optic calms down. Yeah, like you I said, there's true. a lot of hype wrapped into that right now. Give it, give it. Of the next four weeks yeah money money shifts out of prism and optic and then the opportunities in prism right now yep opportunities in prism and then i think also as we closer to the draft we start looking to prism draft picks and people are already starting to get ready for that big class we're going to talk about soon i think that that'll take attention from optic as well optic's not going to have its day in the sun very as long as the other products i don't believe i think mosaic had a really long day in the sun i think prisms had its normal and i think optic's going to be cut off a little bit uh, and so we'll see. We'll see how that see how that goes once the the, the, the tension turns. Um, yeah. But anyway, so five takeaways just around the NFL for the week. That's kind of hobby related. Uh, Dak signs monster deal. Dallas gets it done. They give him a, a substantial contract, only four years, um, but kind of shows the commitment from Dallas. And your thoughts on that deal? Uh, good for Dak. Good for Dallas. Love good it. for the hobby. Yeah, love it. Love it all the way around. I think that was the right move to make, and I, I like Dak Prescott a lot. Yeah. I, I do too. I, you know, it's hard to take, you know, you're not supposed to have the emotional part when it comes to the business decisions, but I just think that yeah. what happened last year, what he's done for the franchise, it just, that's the right thing to do. And that's going to carry that. I think that's a, a tone you can set with your franchise long-term. That's going to go a long way with other players. Like players will be yeah. more open to coming to your, uh, your program. If you're able to do those type of things and reward players for their efforts. And I think that Dak's the top deserving guy for that. So I'm pretty happy as a fan for sure. I think it would, I think it does help because I think they do have tons of offensive weapons. Their offensive line needs to be rebuilt a little bit. They do have a high draft pick. So Dallas does have talent and good draft picks to make some big gains in the offseason. Um, they have already have some restructuring going on. I think that Dallas is going to be um, in a position to contend for that division. We know that division's weak, but I do think that's a great spot for Dak. And I think his numbers can be as impressive as they were to start the year as well. Um, so I'm excited yeah. to see how he does. Yeah, I think it it's great for Dak Prescott and it's even more great for CeeDee Lamb. <laughs> yeah, CeeDee Lamb, Zeke needed him too. Zeke, Zeke's Zeke bad. Yeah. But um, takeaway two, uh, Russell Wilson gives the okay on three teams that he'd be okay being traded to, Bears, Saints, and Raiders. And I put, is this for real? Like, why are we having the discussions about trading Russell Wilson? How is that even a conversation? Not going anywhere. 
Yeah. So, I mean, what do you think that's just all smoke or what? Like, it just really kind of is Seattle playing with like a rebuild. Like, I don't know what Seattle, I mean, being better, relatively great year, they kind of they flopped in the playoffs, but uh, really surprised to even hear any commotion about Russell Wilson potentially wanting to leave. I've heard some things about their offensive structure, which they got rid of their offensive coordinator, but uh, he's kind of tired of them being a run first team. He wants to throw first. So, um, I don't yeah. know. I think it's Russell posturing, and I think that's him saying, look, give me a freaking offensive line so we yeah. can stop talking about this. So I'm right. not going to get hit 50 times a year. Right. So that's yeah, That would be a huge, huge hobby move if he was able to, to land somewhere else. That would be insane. Of, the, of those three teams, which would you rather see him go to? I mean, I, I, the, like, I don't really want to see him go to the Bears, but I think they have almost everything but a quarterback in place, which is nice. <laughs> I think the Saints would probably be probably good just because I think the Sean Payton's offensive mind would be pretty impressive. Uh, the Raiders, I, I don't know, probably not the Raiders. I just don't know if Gruden could get it out of him. So I'd probably say Saints or Bears, but I'd probably lean towards the Saints from my personal opinion. Can you imagine from a hobby perspective if we went to Chicago? Yeah. His cards, I mean, they're, all, they're already priced high. They would, they would jump 30%. It would be like, um, what's a good comparison? It would be like a... Uh, uh, Kind of like a Mookie Betts, yeah. You know, um, I, I, it just it would be insane. It'd be absolutely, yeah. yeah. It would be it would be crazy for sure. Lindor, be um, Francisco Lindor this year. That's what it would be. There you go. Yeah, Lindor. That's, he went to a huge market. So Todd McShay's latest uh, mock, he had five QBs in the top ten for next year in his top ten draft, and so. Wow. I was just saying to you, to your point, you're saying the prism is going to be 50% higher in a few months. I think next year's prism is going to blow us out of the water. I, I think if we have five quarterbacks in the top 10 of the draft, uh, there and of those five, like of the 10 picks, only one defensive guy, uh, nine nine offensive. They had a, five quarterbacks, two receivers, and a tight end. So sorry, eight of 10 picks were offensive. So it's going to be a monster year for NFL rookies next year. I'm just kind of, what are your thoughts on that? And what's the, how big can it be? What's the upside? Well, I mean, I, th- I think a lot's going to be determined by the strength of the hobby at that point. You know, yep. it can only, it can only go up so much before just this price pricing everybody out of it. Yep. Um, you know, even now it's hard for, it still is hard for a lot of people to get into some of this product. You have to either hope you're lucky, snag a cello pack or go <laughs> jump in a break. Uh, but I, I, I mean, Trevor Lawrence and the crew is going to drive some serious hype. Right. I mean, this, this could be the biggest 24 months, 18 months stretch in the football card hobby in, in a yeah. couple decades. And I fully agree. Like if you just go back, you just look at the case of this year had three quarterbacks, but now four with a Hertz, you know, but they had three quarterbacks in the top 10 and four quarterbacks that are relevant. And this class has five potentially going to the top 10. Year before, you know, we had three quarterbacks we were kind of watching, but, you know, nobody really liked Haskins. Jones was kind of indifferent. Locke was a second round pick. Like, in terms of depth of quarterback position, this has one of the best we've had in probably a de- over a decade. They said, I think, uh, back to the Tim Couch draft, which a lot of those guys, a couple of those guys flopped, but they had five guys in the top 10 as well. I, I, the thing that excites me the most about this, and then we'll move on from this point, is that the, you have these five guys. Last year, last year we have four guys. So just between the last two years, Ty, we have nine potentially nine quarterbacks that are going to be starting for football teams. That's a third of the league in two drafts, potentially. If they, you know, obviously there'll be a flop or two or a bust, but that's a lot of youth coming in the league. A lot that's really good for the hobby. It's really good for the quarterback position. We're getting that kind of turnover that people kind of are wanting. So uh, pretty yeah. exciting. 
It's extremely exciting, and I think we're we're seeing that turnover, uh, changing of the guard. But I think it it presents an opportunity. I I, I think look, there's going to be some really fun rookies to watch, but these are distractions from the players that provide a lot of value. We're going to talk about our top three picks. Yeah, a couple of mine are guys that are being overlooked mainly because there's going to be a lot of hype coming, and they're going to be overshadowed. Yeah, for sure. Great opportunity. Pretty quick on this because I know there's not a ton of love because not too much quarterback movement in free agency. But so far, Godwin and Al Robinson have been franchise tagged. Um, I knew Robinson would. I wasn't sure about Godwin. I kind of was hoping Godwin would get a chance to maybe be a receiver one somewhere else. I think he still could be the receiver one in Tampa Bay. But if yeah. Brady's still there, he's still going to get looks and get good value. So that's okay. But the interesting one to me was uh, Kenny Galladay was kind of let go essentially by the Lions. They didn't tag him, and Hunter Henry didn't get tagged. Um, I think. Galladay is kind of intriguing to me just because yeah. I think if he does go somewhere, he can't be receiver one. His biggest thing has been health. Um, but of those kind of guys mentioned, anybody stand out to you? It's intriguing. Not really, honestly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wish, I wish there was. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a little bit of a low free agency period in terms of the hobby to be yeah. honest. Not too much going on. Uh, and the last one, takeaway five is pretty big for the hobby. Uh, Eagles owner, the owner tells the team that they are building around Jalen Hurts. He instructs them that's what we're doing. <laughs> so it kind of makes the call from the top. Um, thoughts on that? What's that mean for Hurts? Does that change your view on him? Does that what, like, what are your thoughts on uh, the Eagles building around Jalen Hurts long-term? Well, I think it was necessary, right? They were coming off the Carson Wentz thing. Uh, the guy who took him to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. And they cut bait, and I felt like there was a little bit of like that uncertainty for a young quarterback. I think it's not necessary, especially a guy yeah. that came in as well as him. I right. love it. I think it. I think it's. I think it's great. I mean, to me, he looks like the guy. To to me, it's the only move. Like I, to people yeah. who keep saying, "Oh, it's just the, it, it was the only move because a couple of things. Eagles aren't high enough. They are high enough. They could move up for quarterback if they wanted to. But did, you're going to get the second or third quarterback. Do you want to uh, lose the opportunity to take a really good player on taking a chance on the third or fourth guy in the draft at the quarterback position? Probably not, especially when you have a guy that's shown some flashes. Yeah. And so the only thing you can do in my mind is build around him like the Jets might do for Darnold. Build around him, see what you can do, get a nice team. And if it doesn't work, then put somebody in that position. Um, so I think that they're making the right decision for sure, which is the only decision. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they go get Devonta Smith or a good receiver, uh, some O-line help. Uh, they'll, they'll probably address the offensive side, I imagine, for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, hit all my cards of him flew off the shelves this past 10 days on Starstock. Yeah. yeah. I I actually sold mine right when he started starting. I I just don't believe him too much as a passer, but we'll see. I could be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So kind of moving into the top three buys of the offseason. So my article is... Real quick, real quick. Let me talk about one of the news that came out, piece of news that came out today. The whole uh, Tops Trevor Lawrence thing. Oh, okay. I did not. So you're going to have to lead the way. Well, so Tops announced they're partnering with this with Trevor Lawrence in this exclusive 50 card box set that it's got a bunch of custom artwork and he's gonna be doing some stuff for them. Uh, I saw Ivan text, you know, tweeted out earlier up. Tops is back in the football game. Uh, I guess probably a, a little bit of a stretch, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's uh, it's, it looks like they're doing some stuff with him. It's gonna be college unis and all that stuff, so it's not even licensed. But yeah, it, it, it did come out today. It's getting some buzz. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think he's big enough that still probably will move a little bit, but I probably wouldn't touch it in terms of the price point. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting. Trying to get any piece they can, right? I was going to say, he's he's that guy, right? You don't, 
He's got the face of a quarterback. He's got yep. the physique. It, he, everyone's trying to capitalize on Trevor Lawrence. I uh, know, for sure. Um, but yeah, on to the top three buys of the offseason. So yeah, my article just came out on Breaker Culture. So check it out. Uh, gave you my top 10. We're just going to keep it to three each here. Um, and I did we kind of talk about three of the guys I wrote about more extensively in the article. So definitely go check out if you want more info on them. But I'll go first time. We can just kind of go back and, first, back and forth. Um, can I share my screen real quick? What's that? I share my screen and type these in. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I'm using collectorplayer.com. I think it's a sweet, sweet spot. There you go. Yeah, for sure. That tool is amazing. So the I'm going to start with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, I just think that his first nine games, he had 400 yards rushing, just kind of getting used to the system, getting used to uh, the league. He had a little COVID um, week where he missed. And his last five games, he was at 700 yards. And I just think that seeing what he can do and seeing how committed the Colts got to the running game down the stretch, how successful they were doing that, man, yeah. he, he could be a 2,000-yard rusher easy. 2,000 yards, 15-plus touchdowns, a fantasy monster. Um, and that's how he was used at Wisconsin. So he's used to that workload. Now, we can get into the discussion about long-term. Is that sustainable? You know, probably not in terms of that position. But he, yeah. has, he has carried that workload, and he has done it for a long time in his career. So I just think Jonathan Taylor can have a massive year next year. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> Running back first. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Running back first. I, I, I saved the quarterback for last. Uh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll start with a non-quarterback too. A guy that I think is uh, is the best receiver in football, uh, the Andre Hopkins. I still okay. think he's underpriced. Um, go to his page here. So. 2013 prison number 225 population under 100 for most of these receivers under 100 yeah you know, 300 ish i mean it's it's just hard to beat like <laughs> i think yeah. i think kyler's gonna explode and i think i mean now he was you know a big one on your list that you just put out on the site uh yeah. kind of murray i think deandre hopkins is the, is the beneficiary of kyler murray exploding yep i think so as well i think deandre's a great call for sure uh, my receiver is actually a little bit more of a an underknown but i think his numbers really pop i, I went with dj moore dj moore with carolina um he's had 3100 yards in his last three seasons so he's averaging a thousand yards a year um and that's with also kind of an injured cam newton two years ago and then also teddy bridgewater who can't really push the ball down the field uh he's had my numbers are he's had 135 and 118 targets the last two years and last year in 118 targets at bridgewater he only had 61 catches and so you're just they just can't get in the ball and like i get so many texts from my buddy drew who was on the show for um upper uh, elo uh-huh. and he's a big dj moore fan and just every man he's like teddy missed him on a touchdown again i swear he's told me that like five or six times a year missed him on a <laughs> touchdown again so that's the staggering thing about dj moore's numbers is he has 10 touchdowns in three years of that production so i think if they can draft a quarterback or get a guy in there then get the ball down the field him he's going to be also has the ability to be a monster and i could be one of the top 10 receivers in the league so i think he's he's super cheap it's a really uh, low risk you know potential reward there but dj moore is a guy i'm watching for sure nice man two of your top three are are uh, non-quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, I, like, I think this is more just a group of three. I don't know if they're my top three. I think, you know, Kyler's on my okay. He's probably number one, but these are just kind of a group of three, to be fair. <laughs> okay, that's that's awesome. Okay, so my, my number two uh, is a Sean Watson. I'm sorry. I just... Yeah. I, I think he is going to end up being top three quarterback in the NFL uh, next year, and he is absolutely not priced accordingly. <laughs> so... I look at that 2017 Prism Silver, 2007, number 279. I mean, the PSA 10 you can grab for 1500 Yeah. 
like uh yeah sign me up i'll take that all day long right and he has a lot of gains like yeah he, he and you know we still he might still get moved somewhere it's a better situation i do think that if he stays in houston i think that that is a concern i don't i don't see them winning anytime soon so that's my only concern if he doesn't get moved that's that might be bad for his overall hobby not gonna matter he's gonna be the guy all right <laughs> my bones all right, we'll close mine up with a quarterback. I went back to Baker Mayfield. I know we've talked about him quite a bit. You know, he's got 11,000 yards, 75 touchdowns in three years. My biggest thing with him, I don't, I'm don't. i not telling everybody he's going to be a top 10 quarterback stats-wise, but he is worth more than he's going for for his PSA 10. Like right there, yours it says 234. I was getting 280, and I thought that was low. So I just think that his rookie, his PSA 10 prism rookie is ridiculously low. I don't think he should be a quarter of what Lamar and Josh Allen is. I think he should be closer to half or closer to three quarters. I think that he's done a lot for the Browns franchise and I just think he's worth more than his value is. So that's kind of my thought on Baker. Uh, I love it. I completely agree on Baker. He was my number four on the, the quick four I jotted down. Uh, yeah. My number three, you'll never guess this. All right. As I type it. Oh yeah. Drew lock for 70 bucks. I can't believe how cheap he is. I almost well, put I, him on there just because of that, but I didn't want to disrespect you. <laughs> no, I mean, I I have my fair share of these. Trust me. And I bought them a lot higher. I've grabbed a few recently. I, I think that is, it's just worth the risk at that point. Right. Um, I mean, I get it that the population's higher than other people, you know, other quarterbacks and other players in the NFL. In fact, it's the highest of the ones that I track. Yeah. But it's so small compared to other sports. Like you right. can move... When he starts to move, and he, he if he does end up having a couple, you know, a good season or a stretch of good games, it's going to move so fast. Yeah. My take with like Drew Locke is kind of two things. I feel like he has, so to me, he's shown the arm talent and he's shown that he can make all the throws. It's the consistency and like not just making the bad decisions is what he struggled with. And I think that that can be learned. Like he can learn that stuff. I mean, quarterbacks don't and they still struggle. And that might be the case, but. Um, I do think that he has shown the talent to be successful. It's a matter of putting it all together. So it's definitely a nice upside pick for sure. Thank you. Thank you, Tyson. There you go. <laughs> so I thought we'd kind of transitioned more to like a, a hobby chat here. Um, just, I think obviously, you know, you've had a couple awesome clips out that have been very informative on the, the grading card dilemma and just talking about how difficult that's getting for people and um you know we have the option right now a psa bgs hga and sgc um turnaround times for the top two is staggering uh you know bgs and psa psa are scary numbers i mean hearing you know friends texting me 12 million backlog for psa and like just different things that we just how do we navigate that so as collectors what's kind of been your um you know your kind of approach on this so far like how are you changing your model of grading cards as a person who grades quite a bit of cards yeah well i well, i'll just say this right i i grade have graded series one baseball flagship for years and right. the first year and, and i grade hundreds of them uh, it's the first year i did grade any outside of like my top 20. um and I didn't open that much because wax first off is selling for so much. So if you get wax, you might as well just sell it because you, the, yeah. like the margins are just so large where it's like, why would you take the risk? And right. like you said, like the, the backlog is just so long. You're not going to, for base cards, you're not going to pay the 75 to 150 bucks to get it in two months. You're just not, it just makes no, no. sense. 
And you, well, and then and also waiting 10 months is like, what, you're going to wait till next season? Middle yeah. of next season? Like, it, it's just really hard. I think hybrid's interesting for that. Maybe the base play, that's the video I put out. I think that might be a great interim solution. Right. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, like the two questions I wanted to kind of highlight a little bit too, and you kind of already got to one of them, but I said with like PSA being millions in backlog, like any slab card, like are we going to see, I think this is kind of approaching, you know, you've talked about the potential market crash or potential, you know, the cards coming back down to earth a little bit. So my thought is, is that right now everybody has a need for slabs. They want slabs. So the people that have slabs, are they, is this the selling time for that until they get caught up? Because when they get caught up, we're going to be flooded with slabs is kind of my point. So how, what are your thoughts on kind of that angle in terms of people that have slabs that they would like to sell? Is now the time or when, when, when would you think is the best time? I think it's the seller's market right now. Yeah, I yeah. really do. Um, I get it. Like of the 10, 12 million slabs in the backlog of PSA, like percentage of the good percentage of those are not going to hit the market you know yeah. but a good percentage are going to hit the market too yeah and i just i mean unless the market continues to grow at the pace it's growing which is going to be really hard it's just it's just going to water down a lot of what's out there um, unfortunately right. so um, i think the opportunity is buying graded of of short prints variations low numbered yeah. stuff like that's where the opportunity exists especially psa nines and tens which i think probably end up being harder to get like i have no nothing to back that up with no stats or yep. facts but i i just get a feeling that there's going to be a little bit more stricter guidelines around psa 10s with 12 million in the backlog <laughs> right yeah definitely and i i i've actually gotten quite a bit of inquiries from different buddies around wanting hey do you have this guy have a nine do you have this guy have a nine like why do you keep asking me for nines like you know people are trying to they're they're trying to zag a little bit and get the nines while they can what well, because people are still haven't quite figured out the value of nines because nine used to be the card that wasn't a gym and now it's the card we want that's encased you know i mean it's because nine is still a it's a gym mint it's still right there at that level so yeah i think a lot of that has to do with vintage becoming a lot more relevant and when you when you start looking at vintage you're you're having to buy psa five sixes sevens and it becomes kind of normal process normal nomenclature like no yeah. psa seven's a normal thing now so buying right. a PSA nine of a Kyler Murray silver is is not abnormal at all now. I think that has right. definitely Yeah, and then it looks like you know I know HGA is new and there's been a lot of resistance to HGA, but I think a lot of people are liking it. I think it's just you know something new. People always want to kind of tear it down. That's kind of how life is. <laughs> but you know I've been impressed with the, some of the moves they've made and the decisions they've made. It does seem like they are making decisions that it's best for the like the customer. Um, I think this recent one they just cut down from ten to five or what they cut down there. How many you can sub a a week, right? What was that number? Do you remember? Yeah, they cut it down. They're only allowing five per customer per week. Right. Uh, and, and the idea there is we just want to get more more people with hands on our slabs. Right. It's not meant to like, we're not we're not here just to support the bulk graders who want to flip and make a crap ton of money. Right. I love, I love that strategy. They're giving up a lot of money um, for yeah. like future growth potential and buzz. Yeah, I mean, it seems like maybe they are, but they're also getting more customers. So like it's, if you have more customers as they can build and they can hire their number, which seems to be their plan, then it, they're taking more people with them up to extending their numbers, which I think is awesome as well. Um, but yeah, I really liked his interview on on your podcast. So guys, check it out if you want to hear that from HGA's interview. It's a great one. Um, yeah, other than that, like in terms of grading for me, I think it, what's concerning, like you said, with series one, I'll kind of just finish it up with this is that 
how do we know if we grade a Joe Adele who had a really awful spring? I know it's a football show, but he had a really awful spring like last year when he kind of got some time. Uh, he didn't look good. And let's say you send a bunch of his cards to get graded and he's awful again all this year. You know those aren't going to have any dividends. You have, you're really taking a big leap of faith on a lot of your grading decisions now. And so the base is just, I don't know if the value is there. Like you said, I think star stock or different options in which you can sell rookie cards is probably your best bet. Um, so I just think that that's my kind of general concern is the speed. And I think that HGA can answer that question for you a little bit, but five cards at a time. But still, I think it gives you a chance to kind of play around with it. Yeah, on the flip side, right? You, you're, the hobby. There's a, there's risk all around, right? And yeah. and the the people that were sitting on, you know, fifty to hundred PSA ten Juan Soto 2018 updates going into this season or last season. I mean, they they were printing money because there wasn't a ton of them out there. Obviously, the pops increased a ton, and the pop will continue to go up for any of these players, but. If you take the risk and it and you do really well and you you're one of the small percentage that has PSA tens, like it does pay off, right? A lot of these players, so yeah, I mean that Definitely. that's the risk reward, but it does the margins shrink a lot when the price is doubled. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know that hurts. That hurts the time, the time to yep. get them and the price double. That, oh yeah, yeah, it's extremely hard because I don't I don't think they're I don't think they're in. The baseball, I know it's not a baseball show, but I know the, this class for Series 1, there's no huge rookie. I think Bomb's pretty good, but there's no huge guy. And you see those huge numbers of like, you know, right now, Cunha's 200 bucks, 212 for his PSA 10. So what's Bomb going to be when you get that back? You know, 60, 70? So you got a right. $25, $25 game, you know? <laughs> so yeah. it'd be tough. Yeah. It, it, in, that, in that case, it's a numbers game. It always has been for the base. Uh, you know, I, I can speak with, you know, conviction around that. Like it's a numbers game and you just hope that you're able to provide, uh, you, you hope that the percentage of players that do really well, the ones that you grade, uh, outweigh the percentage that don't, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Awesome. All right. Well, let's close up here with a little rapid fire. I think I kind of know probably a couple of your answers here, but we'll see what we go. Uh, who wins MVP next year in the NFL? Um... I'm going to say that's a great question. I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley. Ooh, that's a really good choice. That's a really good choice. He, he, he appears in the article, so check it out. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to say that uh, I, I want to say Josh Allen, but I, I think I'm going to say Mahomes takes it back, but he's angry. So I think Mahomes might torch the year for everybody, possibly. Um, who wins the Super Bowl next year? Chiefs. Chiefs to get it back. Okay. I'll, I'd probably have to go with Chiefs too, to be honest, as well. And then, tough one for you. I said, who besides Lawrence would be your pick for a rookie of the year? Oh, gosh. Try to open yeah. the list for everybody here. I, I honestly don't think I have one. I don't know. I, I, I think know. I think because of landing spots is so huge for the quarterback position. Fields, I'll maybe. say, what's that? I guess I'd go Fields. Yeah, like if Fields lands with Carolina, I think that he he can do it. 
Um, I think Carolina's kind of built, they got the offense to CMC and DJ Moore and a lot of things around him, but he could do yeah. it for sure. Um, it's all about landing spots for them, but I think Fields, or I just say maybe the quarterback that lands in Carolina has a really good shot. But I, I do think in terms of fantasy, like I think the Devonta Smith is going to probably land somewhere in the top 10. He can make a huge splash early. Yeah, I know it's hard for receivers to win rookie of the year, but I do think he might have the numbers that could could change that tide a bit. So, What an elite receiver that guy is. My yeah. good gracious. Super impressive. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that's kind of all I have for the show today. Keep it nice and uh, short for us on a Thursday morning. But uh, thanks for being on, Ty. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Good, Good little update. All right. <laughs> all right. Take care. See you.